Well, it's hard to believe I'm greeting you already with the August Home Run Club CD. It is amazing. Time flies, and here we are again, moving toward the fall. Let me say to you, uh, we are so grateful for your partnership with us here at Winning at Home. Our goal and our dream is to continue to make a mark for the cause of Christ and to challenge and encourage families to grow in different ages and stages as we minister across the board. And we're so grateful for how God is blessing the ministry, and we thank you for your partnership in it. So today I'll be sharing with you a message that I recorded a few weeks ago live as I talked on Father's Day. And this message speaks specifically to fathers, but the challenge of the message talks to all of us. And I hope and pray as you listen that it will speak to your heart and challenge you to grow and to take a look at yourself and to evaluate some things and move forward. That's always what our goal is. So here we go. I'll be sharing this message. It's related to our depth in the Lord and the way we continue to seek Him. I have the privilege this morning of opening a holy, God-given book that speaks life into all of us no matter what we're going through. And today as I do this, I want you to know um, I'm probably more joyful and excited to do it than I've ever been in my life. I'm enjoying preaching more now than ever in my life. And Satan hates that. I get that. I've been through hell this weekend. It's been a hard weekend. But I know today I come with hope for your life and hope for you as a person. And, and today's Father's Day. I had the privilege a few weeks ago of preaching on Mother's Day. And now to get to do it on Father's Day, what a joy. I've been a dad. I added it up yesterday. I wrote it down. I've been a father for 112 years. Uh, I add up all my kids' ages to get that. I'm counting every dang one of them. You, I promise you I am. And in that 112 years, I have had such times of joy. There's a couple sitting here, Doug and Margo, this morning. I remember when we first moved to Holland, Michigan, Jane and I, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, we met them. We were friends. Our kids grew up together. We used to swim together, all that crazy stuff. Margo could used to do a back walkover when I first met her. I mean, crazy stuff. I had so much fun with my children, so much joy in those memories. And then I had some years that have been probably the hardest years of my life. Years where I didn't sleep at night. I didn't, well, years, I'm saying days where I didn't sleep at night. In my 112 years, I have seen some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows. I haven't always been consistent. I haven't always done it perfectly. But this book has been steady. And it's been the place that I've gone to when I don't know what to do. It's the place I went to last night. And today is Father's Day. This message is for everyone. Don't miss that. But I'm going to talk to you dads. I'm going to talk to the men in the room. And I'm going to ask you some solid questions today. And again, please, just as I did on Mother's Day, do not think if you're a mom or, or you're here as a lady or you're here as a single individual, do not think I'm just speaking only to dads. I'm speaking to all of us. But I want to relate this message today specifically to fathers. And there's a passage that I've preached from many times. It's one of my favorite passages. Some of you have it painted on the wall of your house. It simply says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. We're going to read that a lot of different ways. Unless the Lord builds the dad, the dad will labor in vain. 
Unless the Lord builds the city, the city will labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the nation, the nations will labor in vain. Unless the what? Today I'm going to ask you, are you building your life solidly on the Lord? Three questions. They're very simple. The first question is this. How solid, how firm is your foundation? Dads, I'm going to specifically ask you today, what are you building your house on? There's lots of options. There's lots of things, but I'm going to tell you the one steady thing is Jesus. Today, it might be that you would say, Dan, I'm doing, I am building it on Jesus, but you know in the actual day-to-day life, that's just not true. There's somebody you're building it on. And then in my devotions, just this weekend, I had this passage yesterday in my devotions, and I thought, I got to read that because there's some man in the room. Because I used to be guilty of this one right here too. I would find some of my solidity and some of my foundation and some of who I am in what y'all thought about me or what somebody thought about me or what somebody did for me. And there are times when I can default back into that. I have to go, no, no, no. There is no solidity in people. There is only solidity in the foundation of Jesus. Proverbs eleven seven. hope placed in mortals, people, dies with them. The promise of their power will come to nothing. If you're building your hope and your foundation on somebody and you have to have a relationship with that somebody to make it, that somebody could pass, what you gonna do? Mom sang it to me when I was a little kid. I was in there in the green room Picked the guitar off the wall and I sang this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. I won't keep singing because I can't. But I want you to know today, dads, go get your boat, have a ball with it. Make money, have a good time with it. Give a lot of it away. Run a company, establish something awesome, make a difference in this world by doing that, awesome. But if your solidity and your foundation is there, you will crumble. You say, Dan, how how do you know that? I told you I've gone through the joys and I've gone through the trials. The trial, oh, up here, piece of cake, life is good. I can float around. But down in this, what we call crap, You better be focused on Jesus. And there's some dude sitting in here this morning. You're in the middle of crap. And I've come to tell you, you have not lost hope. Your hope is in Jesus. And Jesus this morning can take care of you. He will guide you through it. Explain to me how. I don't know. Honestly, I can say about me, take me back 10 years ago and said, you're going to go through this? How are you going to come out on the other side? I would have said to you, not good. Because I couldn't see it either. But day by day, Step by step, Jesus, you got me, right? Mm -hmm. You see that cliff right there, don't you, Jesus? Mm -hmm. Step left, okay. He will walk with you day by day. If you're in here today and you're a teenager, a young man, um, I realize as you look up here, I look really old, because I am. I still beat you at basketball, but you can still call me old. 
but I want you to know that I stand here today and when I was your age, I would never have dreamed I would have survived all the things I went through and still be able to give glory and praise to God. And I don't know what your life holds and I'm praying it's only good stuff, but if you go through a trial, other people have been through those too and you're gonna be fine. You say, what does that mean, Dan? I don't know. I'm just telling you, be solid in Jesus today and whatever comes or whatever goes and whatever happens in our nation, I wanna tell you something, if your hope is built on Jesus and you are solid in him, no matter what culture does, you will be fine. And that's trust. And that's putting in it Jesus and laying it in his hands. And I wanna show you, I wrote down three things that will change in your life if you fully build your life on Jesus and trust in him. And the reason I say this is because they were things that he did too. So if Jesus is our example and role model, let me show you three things that will happen in your life as a result of following Jesus. Number one, your words won't be hurtful. Dads, I'm speaking to you this morning. Dads, the power of the punch of our words is significant to our children. And you may say, but Dan, I've said hurtful things. Got it, me too. I stand guilty. But I want to tell you, as you keep relying on Jesus, your words will bring healing and not hurt. You say, oh, that means I won't say anything. No, no, no. Sometimes as dads, we're called to correct. <laughs> Jesus didn't always go, yeah, y'all do whatever you want. Mm -mm. Jesus sometimes called it out. What if my kids don't like me as a friend? You'll be fine. You aren't on this earth to be friend first. You're on this earth to be a follower of Christ first. And sometimes that will separate you and a family. I'm just telling you the truth. I watched it happen with my own children. It separated us for a season, but it came back together and it was even sweeter then. Do not be afraid to say words. Don't say them hurtful. Speak truth with Jesus' love. Say what needs to be said. Here's what I'm saying to you today. Lose the profanity. Lose the words that you say that you will regret you said. Lose the words that will your children stand by your grave. They say, man, I still remember the day dad said that and he never said, I'm sorry. Let me tell you, let me tell you two words your kids need to hear probably today. Hey, haven't always been a perfect dad. I'm sorry. And I always tell my kids, it's my first time doing this. And so I tell you today, if you're a follower of Jesus, your words won't be hurtful. Number two, you will respond, you won't react. I can think of a time with my daughter that I regret greatly. We were in downtown Highland. Why? I can almost come to tears thinking about it. We got into a little tussle. The tussle wasn't going good. The whole family was in the car. Maybe the boys weren't because they were a little older. It was probably just me and Jane and the girls. And me and my daughter got into a tussle. And I said some stuff I wish I hadn't said. And she got out of the car in downtown Highland and she said, I'll just walk home. And at the time I was so angry, it's a good walk, see how far you get. I did what you want to do in that moment. I regret it. I reacted. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Nobody else ever pushed his buttons. He pushed his own buttons. When he wanted to get fired up, he kind of went, get fired up. 
It wasn't you making him get fired up. And so often, Dad, let's just be honest, our kids know how to push our button, get you to say things, and then they say, see, see. And the whole time you're going, seethe, seethe. Jesus will help you respond and not react. You say, I'd like to have that fixed. I'd like to have that fixed, but tonight, probably not. But the next time it comes up, see how good you can say, Jesus, this is that place I was telling you was coming. I'm there. Help me respond the way you would want me to respond. If you're following Jesus, guys, if your foundation is built on him, you'll start responding and not reacting. And third, I wrote down, if you're following Jesus, um, you won't live in a hurry. You'll live on purpose. If COVID did one thing in my neighborhood, I watched a lot of dads. I saw dads out playing with their kids. Doing, I saw dads ride by my house on bicycles. I didn't even know they owned a bicycle. I saw dads out in the driveway with little crayons in their hands doing all that stuff. I remember riding my bike around the neighborhood one day, right in the middle of it going, whoa, there's dads live here. <laughs> dads, let's try to do one thing. Let's try not to go back to the rat race that was called pre-COVID. Learn something from what we've been through. Learn that those moments you have with your children, slowing down a little, sitting down a little more. You say, Dan, sometimes that's really boring. Not to the kid. Not to the kid. He said, Dan, but I'm sitting in the driveway and they're drawing this thing. It takes them forever. Not to the kid. To the kid, they see, I'm important to my daddy. Can, can I tell y'all something? I love to know I'm important to the Father. Guess what? One of the ways your little child will learn he's important to this Father is if he's important to this Father. A second question I want to ask you guys today, it's real simple coming up on the screen here. Is guilt or shame keeping you from moving forward? Guys, it applies to everybody in the room, but I spoke a lot many years uh, ago, a group called Promise Keepers. Some of you remember, thousands of people gathered around the nation. The president of Promise Keepers was just in my office about two weeks ago. They're looking to redo another big event in Dallas at the stadium in Dallas. It's pretty cool. But one of the things I remember is I went to those arenas, whether it was 10,000, one time it was 100,000, just crazy amounts of men. One of the things I saw in those stands and I see in men all the time it's guilt, failures, things I just said when I said try to lose their profanity. In your mind, you're going, oh, my gosh, I, I use profanity to my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. And then Satan goes, you can't do it. You're just a loser. Look at all the shame. What if the people really knew what you were like? So I want to tell you a story. There's this guy. Um, man, he, he is a... He's really bad, okay? He's really, like, if you look at his life, you would go, that guy is trouble. He started out as trouble. He got worse. He got to a place where he was actually murdering people, like murdering people. He even, even stood one day and watched a guy get killed right in front of him and didn't lift a hand to help. Just watched people die. That dude, this man that we would look at and go, dude, you should have some shame for the way you live. 
You should be embarrassed of your life. That, that dude was walking to a town called Damascus. This story is in Acts chapter 9. This dude that lived a lot like some of us men in the room. Not a very good dude. He was walking to a town called Damascus and light started flashing around him like this light started flashing around him and he fell to the ground and he heard the voice of the Lord saying, listen to me. And he said, is that you? Question mark, Lord. Today, maybe some of you guys are going, this thing, Dan, in my spirit as you're talking, I, I, I sent something. I just say to you, don't say Dan, just say, Lord, you trying to get my attention this morning? Father's Day 2020, you got a word for me? This guy couldn't speak. Initially, the people around him heard a voice. It was crazy stuff that happened. Then he lost his sight. And then he, he didn't eat for three days and three nights. He's in the town of Damascus. There's this prophet in that same town. So like a preacher in that town, God says to the prophet, name was Ananias, hey, go down to Straight Street. That was the name of the street he was on. Go down to Straight Street, knock on the door. There's a dude in the house there. His name is Saul of Tarsus. Go talk to him. You know what the preacher said? God, you, you know this guy, right? His reputation precedes him like he's not a good guy. Same thing some of your family says about you. Some of you guys don't talk a lot because you know what they think about you. you. You accidentally one day was in a room and they were in the other room and you heard them saying what they really feel about you. So you're like, hmm. your reputation has preceded you. And because of that, we have shame. That guy, Saul of Tarsus, evil, horrible dude who ought to be full of shame and guilt. God saved him. And God even says right there in the scripture, God says about him, I chose him to be my guy who reads the Gentiles. That's us. We read his books and we go, man, that's a good. I never read his book and go, I don't know. That guy was a bad guy. And I want to tell you something I love about Paul. He doesn't spend his whole time in scripture going, I was terrible. I was awful. Probably shouldn't listen to me. That's what we do. Because Satan shames us so bad to go, yeah, I probably shouldn't go on a mission trip. People really knew it. I, you know, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't really, I shouldn't probably speak out because that guy over there knows I screwed him over and that guy over there knows I cheated him. So I probably shouldn't say anything for Jesus because I'm going to get all the clamoring. I want to tell you something. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood, not what that dude or that dude or that dude thinks about me. I have... I dreamed when I first started preaching in 25, I had a friend who was a preacher and he had enemies. And I remember at the age of 25 and 30, I pastored a Central Westland church for a while and I remember thinking, I'm gonna die and I'm not gonna have any enemies. And then I became a leader of a ministry. And there are people out there today who just don't care for me at all. It breaks my heart. Am I perfect? No, but I know my heart. And I know I've sought to be a good leader and I have failed. And I wanna tell you today, I'm planning on for the rest of my life failing sometimes. 
But that's not who I am. I am God's boy. He called me to preach. I'm going to go try to rock it out for another 100 years, and I'm going to give it everything I got. And if people choose to talk about me, they can talk about me because my hope is built on Jesus, not on what people say. And some of y'all in here today, some of you men in here today, you need to hear this and stop beating the frick out of yourself, sorry, all the time and telling yourself you're worth, I'm talking to men, you're worthless and you're not worth anything. Stop believing it. It's a lie. It's a lie. You are God's son. He don't screw around and make junk. Stop believing the lie and then work at growing and changing as a person. If the murdering Saul can become the apostle Paul, then you got a chance. So the obvious question, the third one, is this. What do you need Jesus to do for you today? Men in the room, it can apply to everybody, but men, I'm calling you out for a second because in a minute, I'm gonna ask you to stand. So go ahead and get nervous and pre-nervous and all the stuff you need to do because I'm gonna call you out. What do you need Jesus to do for you today? Just so you know, I'm setting you up with a question. (laughs) He's already done it. Do you recognize it? You say, I need him to forgive me. He's already forgiven you. He's just waiting for you to recognize it. That was the call of the cross. You don't, need to, you don't need Jesus to do anything. He's already done it. You need to respond to it. I want to show you what we men do. The men in this room... Um, You say, Dan, you really seem to relate to this message. Yes, I'm a man with many flaws. And sometimes in life, my garden feels like a big old weed. The garden of my life sometimes feels like a big old weed. And some of us men in here today, we're we're at church. We're walking around. We're with our family today. We'll go have family meal But if we were honest, we feel like we got weeds in our life. That's what we feel like. And there are days like a Sunday like today where the Lord speaks under our heart and we hear, unless the Lord builds the house and we go to ourselves, yes, yes, I I agree, I like that. And we say to ourselves, I've got to get some of those weeds out. And here's here's what we men do. I'm, I'm getting rid of some of that weed. I am, I'm gonna get rid of some of it. And we pick at it. Yeah, I've got a weed. I've got a weed called that in my life. Yep, I'm gonna get that out. And what we, what we never do, is go grab it by the stinking root. Got guys? Did you see that? Go grab it by the stinking root. This is the. This ain't the issue, up here. This is just a little twirly twiddly top. Here's your issue. It's this crap. This week I was working at my daughter's house and she wanted to plant a little garden. So I was helping her dig some stuff. I hit one of those roots that keeps going. You know what I'm saying about that? And I kept pulling and pulling and pulling and the dang thing would pop up and the dirt fly up in my face and I'd get mad at it. But I'm gonna tell all you guys in here, you need to get mad at that root every now and then. And you say, root, I am sick of you controlling my life. 
and making me feel like I'm no good, shaking your little marijuana look at me. I'm tired of it. Sorry, I just thought it looked like marijuana for a second. <laughs> for sale after church. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Sadly, somebody here would buy it. But anyway, it's legal. I get it. It's legal. Don't send me letters. Send those to Doug. <laughs> but I'm asking you today, um, find the root. Might need you need to go to talk to a counselor about that. I did. I had some stuff in my childhood that was part of my roots. I'm getting at them though. I'm digging them out. I'm gonna have me some clean soil the time I die. And I'm saying to you men today, if your family sees you dealing with the roots and not just dealing with the symptoms, that's gonna make them a whole lot happier. My dad always dealt with the symptoms. He flittered around with that, pulled two or three things off, and the whole time I'm going, grab a root pops, it might help. I want to be a root puller. I don't want to be a tree trimmer. Root puller. It's a great little illustration. I've never done this before. It's working really good. <laughs> and I'm asking you, some of you online, I think I'm probably looking right at you. What's your roots? What's the thing you just need to get your hands around and pull it out? Say, that's going to be painful. <laughs> Think about what it would be like to walk around with clean soil. That doesn't sound painful. See, what happens is after you've lived with this long enough, this, comes the, this becomes the comfortable. Well, I'm just comfortable with it. I got some weeds. I'm comfortable. And we never really experience cleanness, wholeness, fullness. So today, I'm... Uh, I'm going to say to the dads in the room, um, this won't come easy. It will take time. It's business you need to do with God. It's not business you need to do with somebody. It's business you need to do with God. He knows your heart. He's the one you're accountable to. You won't stand in heaven before City Church Rockford and, and Peter say, all right, City Church Rockford, what do y'all think about this guy? They won't. No, you'll be standing before God Almighty. You'll be accountable to him. And he is with you today and wants to do work. Look, look, this work I'm talking about, I'm not trying to guilt you. See, see, you can hear this message. If you grew up in church, you're probably guilt, guilt. No, no, freedom, freedom. Amen. Don't hear guilt, hear freedom. Hear release. Hear getting it out of my life. Why? For your sake. Everybody else will be the benefactor, but this is for you. Men in the room, this is, I'm not doing, I'm not calling you this message so your family will benefit. I'm calling you so that you will benefit, so you can live the abundant life. Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly, and you've been walking around with roots. And he said, if you let me, I'll just love that out of you. So today, about as simple as I can preach a message it's a simple message it's not really deep but it's really deep and today I want you to have newfound freedom in Jesus I want your hope to be built on him and nothing else because everything else including your family will let you down worship team is going to come up and I'm just going to do this I'm going to ask and invite the men in the room, 
all men. If you'd like to stand, and in standing, you're just saying, Jesus, help me continue to work at cleansing my roots. I'm going to pray over you. Let me just tell you that I stand up first. You say it would be embarrassing. I don't answer to you. I answer to God Almighty and God help me keep cleansing myself of my roots because there's a lot of Dan in me. And I'm inviting you to join me for this prayer that you will be God's man. And unless the Lord builds you today, you're wasting your time. You guys get it, don't you? You feel hopeless some days. You feel like you're a piece of crap some days. That's all Satan. You are God's boys. I'm proud of you for standing. I'm going to stand here a second because if there's another guy that wants to stand, I'm going to wait for you. And not standing doesn't mean you're an angel. I, I get it. Standing is acknowledging today, God. I want to build my life on you. Maybe somebody for the first time wants to do that. So God, here we stand, your boys, part of your team. Flawed, like Saul who became Paul, we are messed up. But I love the fact, Jesus, that you love us right where we are. Like, you can't not love us today. Thank you for that. Thank you for taking broken vessels and weedy guys and telling us today you got us. Taking all our failures, taking all our weaknesses. And this morning, Lord, I pray over these guys. Pray you bless their lives. Let them today experience your goodness and your healing. Call them to new levels in you for their walk with you. And bless these guys today. May we leave here a little more committed to being like you with our words, our actions. And we love you this morning. And all God's men together said, Amen. Thanks so much for taking time to listen today to this message that came from my heart, as you can tell. And I pray the Lord uses it to encourage you. I, I realize it was for dads, but I hope everybody listening uh, took a moment to really evaluate your life and think about how you can grow in Jesus. Thank you again for helping us do what we do. I prayerfully ask you to consider what you could do to help us this year in, continue to support what we're doing around the world. And we appreciate that, and we are grateful for you, and trust God will continue to bless you and your family as we move into and toward the fall. 